Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, the podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated, former lovers that explores all the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It It Just just Makes Sense. sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Seifert. And this week we're going to be talking about Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden gave 30 wax. Okay, none of that is right. What is it? It is. Did she get 30 hacks? No. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 racks. When she saw what she had done, gave her father 41. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how it goes. Hmm. Like, I knew that growing up. Like, every kid, like, sang that I song. I didn't know that. Really? I didn't even know who she was until I was an adult. Okay, well, you had a weird childhood. So, like, you I was would raised just as a good Catholic boy all the time. Also, you know what I was thinking about when I was thinking about Lizzie Borden what? in this song? How crazy the songs they used to sing at like camps, which were run by churches, mm-hmm. were like Tic Tac Toe. I don't. Okay, not that song. I was thinking the one. There's this one that's like. Isn't my, what, it's about a girl in a hospital, and it's like, my girl's got no skin, just plastic bags to hold it in, but I'll buy her anything to keep her alive. And there's uh, there's worse verses. Okay. Worse verses. The last verse of it is, one day played a joke, pulled the plug, and watched her choke. Now I don't buy her anything, because she's not alive. Okay. What? what? Where yeah. did these come from? I don't know. We'd sing around the campfire. It would be like a, like, you know how, like, you do, like, campfire songs? That was, like, one of the songs. <laughs> Didn't you go to Circle C too? Yes. My sister did. Wasn't that, wasn't mm-hmm. there like a song? Circle C ranchers, Circle C ranchers, kids who love the Lord. It was something like that. <laughs> I don't think that was it exactly. The fact but I'm that you sure. remember that shit is yeah amazing. I to remember me. so many of those songs. Crazy. I don't remember bumper. Circle C as much. I went once and it wasn't that great. No. Sorry, Circle C. <laughs> they weren't godly enough for they you? weren't they were not godly no they were a little too godly like you had to memorize bible verses every morning and if you didn't memorize you couldn't go to breakfast really don't mess with my fucking food <laughs> bye not, not back then not back not back then. <laughs> i don't know if that's true what i just said but it was like <laughs> you would get like demerits if you didn't know them okay. and then you weren't able to do things you're pretty you're pretty, pretty you pretty much call them a concentration camp like a like you weren't allowed to eat unless you memorized your bible verses like it was some kind of slave labor or something i don't like okay you need to cut this they're gonna sue like, us for defamation was, i think it's closed it's fine oh. so and that could also be false Do i don't know <laughs> So anyways, back to Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden, 40 wax. So, yeah. But not many people actually know the true story of Lizzie Borden. Like, what happened with the case? I know the Netflix version. Right. Maybe it's similar. You can let me know as I tell the court case. Okay. So it's like, did she kill her parents? If not her, then who did? So let's dive in. So most of this information came from um, the Smithsonian Channel, called, and it was a show called Lizzie Borden, The Curious Life and Death of Lizzie Borden. I thought the show was really interesting because they covered some things that I'll talk about that were just, like, interesting in general, not even related to Lizzie Borden, which is weird, but whatever. You saw, so did you see the Lifetime series on Lizzie Borden or just the Netflix? No, just the Netflix. But Christina Ricci was in that one, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Christina Ricci's hot. Hmm. I think she's very good looking. And so when she plays Lizzie Borden, that's what I picture. They showed a photo of Lizzie Borden and from on the show. And Looks I was nothing like, like Oh, she was like an old hag. <laughs> she was 41 when she killed her parents. I thought she was like 17. Yeah, I thought she was young too. And she was not. 
Like they show her, like in the Netflix series, she's like this voluptuous. That's what I mean. Like temptress. mm -mm. She looks like um, Aunt Pity Pat from Gone with the Wind. I don't know what that means. Okay. Okay. It's like this little chubby old woman with like curly hair. Oh, okay. Like back in Victorian era with the big petticoats. Yeah. I just thought it was like crazy. But, anyways, it was August 4th, 1892, in Fall River, Massachusetts. The Bordens were a well known and well liked family in the community. Lizzie had one sister, and both her and her sister were pillars in the local church, and her father was a wealthy businessman. He, he was president of a bank. Okay. They were the family everyone wanted to be, until... She killed them. She killed them. So, also, Spoiler side alert. note, side note, the house was a bed and breakfast for a long time afterwards, and recently just went on sale for, I think, around $2 million. Cool. Would you have stayed there? Would you have stayed there? Without a doubt. Really? Would you yeah. have bought it if you had the money? Uh, no, because I'm not, like, obsessed with Lizzie Borden. Like, if I had that much money, I would buy something else. Would you ever stay, like, say they turned the Amityville Horror House into a bed and breakfast, would you stay there? No. Would like, you I ever buy... I just don't buy... find that kind of stuff interesting. Like, would I buy um, the Golden Girls House? Yes. yes. Right. Would you ever buy a house that a murder was committed in? Yes. Really? If they gave me a discount? Hell yeah. True. So I looked at th- I looked it up because I want to know what the law said if you were required to disclose if someone died in a house. Are you? So there are no states in which there's an obligation to disclose the death of a person who's deceased under natural conditions. However, some states impose a duty to disclose any stigmatized home or apartment in which there's been a suicide or murder. Some states even go so far as to impose an affirmative duty on a seller if they have knowledge that the real estate is being haunted by the dead. Huh. But I couldn't find under, like, New York State what yeah, the specific what the law, things law are. Laws. Like, I saw, like, in Georgia, for example, it doesn't require the disclosure of homicide or suicide unless the seller is directly asked. So, oh. anyways. Just a tidbit of information. Did you ask that when you bought your house? No. Was anyone killed here? I know. I <laughs> probably should have, but I did not. Because I wonder how old my house even is. It's got to be kind of old. Anywho. Back to the Bordens. So on August 4th, 1892, Lizzie Borden entered the home she shares with her entire family around 11 a.m. She went into the sitting room and on the sofa, she finds her father, Andrew Borden, dead. He had been brutally attacked and struck multiple times. She called the maid Bridget Sullivan down and the police were summoned. Bridget and a neighbor went up to the second floor, and that's when they found the body of Lizzie's stepmother, Abby. Whacked. Whacked. She, too, had been hacked to death. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So what exactly happened? So we have the victims, Andrew Borden, who was 69 years old, and Andrew's second wife, Abby, who was 64. Then we have the possible suspects. Lizzie's older sister, Emma, who's 42. She lives with the family, but on the day of the murder, she was out of town at a dress fitting. And she had been, like, she had been out of town for two days, and she was staying for another three. So, so she she's been. off the list. She's off the list. Lizzie is 32. Again, I thought she was 60 when this crime was committed, but <laughs> everything I thought I knew about this case was a lie. The third sus- suspect, Bridget the maid. Dun, dun, dun. And then one more, John Morse, who is the brother-in-law of Andrew. He had been staying at their home at the time of the murder. Definitely was the maid with the candlestick in right. the conservatory. Right. Or could it have been an unknown intruder? Mm, not likely. Hmm. So the neighbors reported seeing a stranger knocking at the door of the house the day of the murder. So everyone, thank you for that sound effect. Welcome. 
So everyone in Falls River thinks the murderer must have been an unknown intruder because who would do this? Like, they just kept think- saying, sure. like, this is a com- family community. This is insane. How could a brutal crime have been committed? But we know that brutal crimes of this nature are always personal. Sure. Like, you don't hit someone 37 times unless... Without a, without without a grudge. A so the police found in the basement the hatchet that was believed to be used in the crime, and the handle had been broken off recently. The police couldn't fathom that a woman could pick up such a masculine weapon and <laughs> brutally kill someone with it. That seemed completely unbelievable. Oh, yeah. She wasn't strong enough. I mean, honestly. <laughs> so how crazy is this? This was one of the tidbits they just threw in the show. Back in the day, Victorian police believed that crime scene photos weren't always necessary because they believed that the murderer's face could be captured in the retinas of the victims. I remember that. That rings bell. I must have heard that on something else before. That rings bells to me. Yeah, it was developed in the 17th century by a Jesuit friar. That's Mm, probably how you knew. The Jesuits. Obsessed with the Jesuits. Sure am. I'm a good Jesuit boy from Canisius College. Wasn't a new Jesuit? No, Vincentian. Whoops. So his name was Christopher Schreiner. Remember, Canisius got Jesuit. What? Jesuit who? Jesuit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I I remember. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, this 17th century Jesuit Christopher Schreiner claimed that he could see a faint image in the retina of a dead frog. So he started a whole new scientific pursuit called optography. So this was further taken up in the 18th century, and they would use rabbits and frogs to look into this theory. So they would, like, flash bright pictures into these animals' faces, then kill them, and look to at the retinas to see if there was any imprints. And they were claiming that there was. Huh. Some fucked up shit. Victorian police had the idea that the image of the murder was ingrained into the retina of the victims. So murderers at this time started to go as far as destroying the eyes of their victims just in case images would turn up in the retina. Just to be clear, not one murder was ever solved this way. (laughs) And it had nothing to do with Lizzie Borden's case, so I don't know why they talked about it, but I found it interesting. (laughs) Just a little tidbit. Right? So on the day of the murder, let's walk through who was there and what they were doing. Emma Borden, again, was never, that's Lizzie's sister, was never even in the house. She was in Fairhaven, Connecticut, visiting a friend who's a seamstress. She wasn't due to come back for quite a few days. At 7 a.m., John, Andrew, and Abby were having breakfast in the kitchen. And Abby, again, is the stepmother. Andrew's the father. John is the brother-in-law. And then at 8.45, the first person to leave the house is John. He left the house and claimed he was riding in a horse car with six priests. Why six priests? That's suspicious. (laughs) The streetcar conductor did not remember him, but he did remember the priests. So the police were able to confirm that he was visiting other relatives far from the Borden household. He was off the list. Now, Andrew Borden, Lizzie's father, left the house at 9.15. Abby went upstairs at 9.30 to clean the second floor and the guest rooms. We also know at this time, Bridget the maid was sent out to do some window cleaning. Now, around 1045, Andrew comes back to the house. He then goes into the sitting room to lie down on the sofa to take a nap. Bridget, the maid, goes up to her bedroom around the same time to also take a rest. Why is everyone napping at 11 a.m.? <laughs> well, they probably... Sir, you've been up for three hours. How do you know he's only been up for three hours? Well, he has breakfast at 7 a.m. So that's four hours. Snap 7 time. to 11, that is four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I 
was about to be like, know your math. It's nap time. Oh my god. That what a life to live. Oh, the life of luxury and leisure. <laughs> He's so, bank president. So from here, all we have to go on is that is what Lizzie now reports to the police. Okay. So she tells them that after Andrew came home, she went outside to the barn to look for some items for a fishing trip she was going to be going on. Please keep this in mind when we talk about theories about Lizzie Borden. That's all I'm going to say. She goes back into the house around 11.15 and she's horrified to find her father dead. That's when she calls Bridget the maid. But like, like no one heard anything? Bridget didn't hear someone going in and attacking someone Whacking with an Whacking the axe? shit out of him with an Lizzie axe? Lizzie Borden didn't hear like anything going on? That's alone is suspicious. suspicious. So then the police arrive and they start to look around the house and that's when Abby's body is found. So it's here that the police and doctors make a discovery that will impact the investigation. The police find Abby's blood had been coagulated. It was dark and sticky and dried on the carpet, so it's already starting to clot. The crime scene had not just occurred. Her blood would have been clotting there for a while, whereas Andrew's blood was still dripping. So Andrew's death was very close to when he was discovered. Okay. So Abby was killed first, and then Andrew. It could have been at an hour or two before Andrew was even killed. So it seems unlikely it was an intruder because it was they such a small out. house, and why right. would they hang out for just an hour and a half just to then go kill someone else? Yeah. So now they're looking at members of the household. Lizzie Borden is a church-going woman. Sure she, she teaches is. Sunday school. No one thought that she could ever brutally kill her parents in this fashion. She also seemed oddly composed for someone who just found her parents brutally killed. That seemed odd to the police, and that's how she became the prime suspect. Well, as we know, not everyone reacts Born. the same. Right. Correct. So during her inquest, that's what they kept calling it. I'm assuming that just means like... Investigation? When, she, when she's being deposed. <laughs> Lizzie was not represented by counsel. She started giving inconsistent answers as to where where she was that day. She couldn't remember if she had been upstairs or if she was in the barn. Her stories just didn't line up. So at the close of the inquest, she was arrested and thrown in county jail. The town was in a uproar. I can't even imagine. An How upstanding could the Sunday school teacher Christian commit woman? this crime? Wow. Also, how could a small, she was like a shorter, petite, 32-year-old woman, how could she have really hacked her family members to death? Like, could she physically have done it? So, on this TV show, they recreated the crime scene. I love when they do that. Yeah, with like full bodies that were like filled with like blue liquid. So when they hacked into the heads, it sprayed everywhere. How cool. Yeah, and they had bodies that were like the same size and stature as Andrew and Abby. What they found out was that when in Abby's autopsy, it seemed as though she was hit in the front of the head and then fell down between the bed and chest of drawers. And that's when the attacker stood over her head and hacked her head into pieces. She suffered 18 blows to the head. Jesus. But in the replica, it was clear the victim would have been dead after three to four blows. But the murderer just kept going. Mm Mm-hmm. So Andrew was asleep when he was attacked and hit straight on in the face. So he was like sleeping down and it just like whacked him. Okay. Andrew took 10 blows to the head. So again, the whole nursery rhyme is false. Yeah. Where do the numbers come from? I think someone just made it up. So when they recreated it, even a smaller petite woman could have done this damage. However, there would have been blood 
everywhere. They said it would have been all over her. It would have been all over, like, everything. So where was the blood? Because she was, Lizzie had not one speck of blood on her when the crime was discovered. And she immediately called the police. Or did she? Huh. So while Lizzie was waiting in jail for a grand jury, Alice Russell, a family friend, came forward with a bombshell allegation. Dun, dun, dun. Alice claims that she saw Lizzie burning a dress on Sunday after the murders. What? You been caught, girl. But if Andrew's blood was still dripping when the police got there, did she have time to burn a dress? Oh, fair. Alice claims Lizzie actually took the dress she had been wearing during the murders and put it into the kitchen oven to burn while the police were outside patrolling the house and investigating the murders. That's bold. What? And now there's, they found documents that say, like, if if Alice hadn't told the police that, there would have been no trial. But this is what pushed it forward. Oh. So, but how did she, oh, was the oven outside? No, it was in the kitchen. So how did she see her do it? She must have been over. She was a close family friend. Oh. Like, I wonder if she came over. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So on December 2nd, 1892, four months later, a grand jury indicts her on charges of murder. This could carry a death penalty. So on June 5th, 1893, ten months later, Lizzie went on trial. So there's hardly any physical evidence to tie her to the murders. There's no fingerprints. There's no bloody, bloody footprints. There's no eyewitnesses. Nothing. All circumstantial. All circumstantial. But this case took over America. It was the, one of the first in the U.S. to really be covered hugely by newspapers and gossip magazines. Like, people were invested in this Lizzie Borden trial. Yeah, huge wax. And that's where it was during the trial that that song was developed. So it was uh, like they would sing it and the court, like, they would chant it outside the court and it was just catchy. It. So it kept going on. Um, so the prosecution was pretty straightforward. They said she was the only one with the opportunity to commit murder. But they never really give a motive as to why. But they said it was like a point-blank case closed. She's the only one who could have been there. She's the only one that could have done it. So the defense didn't need to present alternative theories of who did it. They just needed to poke holes in the prosecution claim that Lizzie committed the murder. Mm-hmm. So during the case, the prosecution did something seldom done before that was super sensational. Like what? They presented the skulls of the deceased in court. What? So Lizzie Borden saw those and fainted at the sight of them. Oh, good one. So uh, the prosecution did this to show how extreme the wounds were that were caused by the hatchet. But it backfired because the sight of Lizzie fainting drew sympathy from others. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Right. However, they did find one piece of evidence, and it still exists. What is it? In the Fall River Museum, you can go and visit to to this day. You can see the hatchet found in the basement that oh, came, cool. they claimed killed the people. So the significance of this handleless hatchet provided the jurors in their mind the size of the murder weapon, and prosecutors literally like fitted it into the skulls during the court case. Like this is where it happened. Like this is how like it occurred. All this stuff. But the defense contended because there was no handle on the hatchet, it couldn't have been used as a murder weapon. It's a weird wait, defense. That is, wait, what? And no handle was ever found. It's weird. So it could have broken after, right. though. And there was a hair found on the hatchet, but the hair was de- um, deemed to be determined to come from a cow. And the wood that was left on the top of the hatchet was tested for blood, but there wasn't any. 
So there was never enough evidence to prove that this was the murder weapon. Oh. Like, they say, like, it lines up with the skulls, like, all this stuff, but, like, it could have been... There's nothing to lead us to say that was that hatchet. That exact hatchet, right. yeah. So the prosecution was sinking. Also, Lizzie's questioning prior during that, when I said during her inquest, where she was giving inconsistent answers, this was thrown out of court because she was... It was given without a lawyer present. Really? Yeah. So in 1892, really? they found those laws. Yeah. Huh. So, but it does draw a question of why was she so confused and inconsistent when questioned? It turns out in the she days... She was in shock. No, in the days after the murder, Lizzie had been prescribed morphine. In court, the doctor asked if she had give, if he had given morphine to Lizzie, and the doctor said he had given her actually a double dose of morphine during the days um, after the murders, during her questioning, and during part of her arrest in the county jail. At the time in the Victorian era, morphine use was super wide and it almost was like an epidemic. It was viewed as a wonder drug. And by 1895, one in 200 Americans were addicted. One in 200. Wow. They said it it was like crazy. They also said like it was in everything. So even in child's medicine, like they would put morphine in everything. Really? Yeah. In one account, they said the amount of morphine they put in a cough syrup that was for kids children and kids would be three times the amount we would ever give someone now from like a surgery or whatever so if they're giving double doses to her like who knows what kind of loopy she was yeah yeah so if lizzie so lizzie would have been given morphine because at the time it was prescribed for what they would call women's issues hysteria hysteria depression and mood swings which makes sense if she's having... A.K.A. her period. Or, like, her <laughs> she her parents... She found her dad dead. I get it. Like, yeah, she has a little bit of hysteria. She, she might be a little crazy. Hook her up to some morphine. <laughs> Drug her up. And the, the dose that she was on was so high, it could have caused hallucinations and feelings of euphoria. So that would have made her seem like she wasn't grieving. Oh, okay. So, like, so they drugged the shit out of her. And questioning. This makes sense. Right. Yeah. So what about this stress burning, though, that Alice claimed uh, happened? When prosecution brought up this issue of Lizzie supposedly burning a bloody dress, the defense put Emma, Lizzie's sister, onto the stand, and she testified that she was the one who told Lizzie to burn the dress that had been burned in the oven, this old rag of a dress. So apparently in Victorian era, it was custom to burn old garments. Like, if it was no longer being used, you just burn it. Why? Unknown. <laughs> but, like, also... Here are my questions. Okay. Let me have it. Which they never kind of discussed. Why would she tell her to do that the day she found out her parents were murdered? However, they didn't have, like, they couldn't just, like, call someone on a telephone. There wasn't speedy communications. So did she tell her to do this while she was gone? And Lizzie was just trying to, like, do things to keep her mind. You know what I mean? When yeah. people just, like, clean and do whatever. Sure. Maybe Please that's what she busy. was doing. Stay yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But they never really, like, discussed that. Things I need to know. Mm-hmm. So prosecution's only argument now is that Lizzie had to have du- Lizzie had to have committed the murders because she was the only one there. It had to be her. That's all they're kind of going off with now. So the jury went to deliberate and came back with the following verdict. Okay. Acquitted on the spot. Not guilty. Not guilty. <laughs> People were crying. Lizzie fell down on the spot. And it was clear that a lot of people supported her, but... A lot of people in the working class of River Falls didn't felt she had gotten away with murder. If the acts don't fit if the, the crack. Acts don't fit the crime. So the thing is, is like her whole life, she said people just 
thought that she did it. Because, of course. And that they had a song that still to this day people know. Sing, like, you yeah. know what I mean? It just came out. I thought she, like, I thought she had been found guilty. So when I went through this, I was like, she was acquitted? Oh, yeah. Well, like, so the what? Netflix the Netflix show is after. This is, oh, like, her okay. life after this Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. She still lives with her sister, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the, the Netflix show. But yeah. her parents are never alive. They're okay. not in the show. Gotcha. So if Lizzie didn't do it, but they go on the premise that she did do it. Did. She, she kills oh, yeah. other people in the show. Oh, okay. But it's like, if she didn't do it, then who effing did? If it was an unknown intruder, it could... Like, Andrew was a successful, wealthy businessman who a lot of people said he was an asshole. He had a lot of Maybe enemies. Maybe fuck someone over at the bank. That's what I'm saying. And Lizzie did say that an angry businessman had come to their door at 9 o'clock that morning, and neighbors reported seeing someone... By their house. He jacked up those interest rates on the wrong loan. Right. But if the murders were believed to be an hour and a half apart, like, it just doesn't make sense sure. for an intruder to wait. Right. The, the timing the timing came from a doctor on the scene that day. They're the ones that concluded the time frame based on the blood clotting, etc. Now that we know science and a little bit more about scientific evidence that may change the time frame. So they, in this show, they had detectives relook at the case now and they said like the rooms themselves were in such different type of climates. Like one was upstairs um, in like a hotter type room um, that where the blood could, would have like dried faster. Dried faster. It was yeah. like a difference of like seven degrees, all the stuff. So they're saying that the time frame could have been as small as 15 to 20 minutes. Oh. So that could mean a burglar gone wrong. Well, yeah. But nothing was taken. There was no forced entry. It just doesn't make sense. No, not also, at all. And the type of, the way that they were killed. Right. Also, it would have had to have been someone who'd known the family routine. Because they would have had to have known that Andrew leaves in the morning and then comes back for a midday nap. Like, why would a uh, unknown intruder, unless... Well, no. Well, that's not necessarily because maybe... Not necessarily. Maybe they didn't know he was going to be home. Sure. Didn't know right, he was going to be right, home. And like right, they just right, went to rob right, the place right, and ended up right, killing the... Right, right. The stepmother. Right. And the other question is, like, what is the motive for anyone? Like, why would Lizzie want them dead? So the main motive people attribute it to is money. Oh. Andrew Borden was super effing Loaded. wealthy. He was the president of the bank. He was worth over 350000 which in Back today's then. age would be like $8 million. And Lizzie and Emma had a modest existence despite their wealth. So Andrew Borden was very frugal. Like, they lived in, like, in the slums of town. They didn't live in the nicer parts. And, like, Lizzie and Emma wanted to. Like, they were always, like, fighting with their dad that he wouldn't give them more money. They didn't work. They were, like, old spinsters. They just lived off their dad's money. So they wanted a more luxurious life, but he refused to. Also... He had started to give money to some of Abby's relatives. So, like, Abby's brother-in-law and sister-in-law were about to lose her house. He gave them some money. Well, that's some bullshit. And so... If he's holding it back also, from the daughters. back in the day, if he were to die... I shouldn't say back in the day, but if he were to die, the money would go to Abby, the stepmother. If Abby died, the money would go to her family, not the daughters. Why? I don't know. That's oh, what they were saying. because man probably... Yeah, pro- yeah. And so... So there was no reason for them to kill him. Because they would lose the money. Right. What they're saying is the girls were terrified that their dad was so much older than Abby that he was going to die. Abby was going to get the money and they would get nothing. Yeah. So that's motive to kill Abby first uh, and then kill the father so that they could all She money. was out of the picture, She's too. She was out of the picture, too. Oh, yeah. Right. 
So, and the other motion, the notion was freedom. So, the rumors were that just, like, they lived in a super stifling atmosphere, and she just wanted out. Isn't there, like, in the Netflix show, they make it, um, kind of, they kind of surmise that she's a lesbian. Yeah, that's one of the theories I'm going to get into, yeah. Um, and... There's some theories, too, that he was, like, super abusive, and so, like, the girls just wanted out of, like, the house in general. But it was very well known that Lizzie Borden did not like her stepmother. Like, she made it evident across town. Like, she just did not like her. Who likes her stepmom? Right, but I kind of... Cinderella did I see that as motive, right? Mm. Look what Cinderella did to her stepmother. Just because you don't like your stepmother doesn't mean you're going to kill her. I mean, Truth. Also, where was the blood on her clothes if she committed the murders? Yeah. Like, she was seen She was seen in between the murders, and she was seen immediately after the murders on both occasions, and there was no blood. Did Entirely they use luminol? Blood. No. <laughs> it wasn't invented. <laughs> so the detectives think that they need to look at the two murders separately now. So when Andrew got home from his nap that morning, the front door to the house was locked from the inside. Bridget, the maid, had to let him in. She claims that she heard Lizzie on the stairs laughing that Bridget was struggling to open the door. So now could it have been that Lizzie had locked the front door so no one came inside while she was killing Abby? And was Bridget an accomplice? Oh. So there was a story that Bridget had left the home the night of the homicides and no one had searched her and it looked like she was carrying a package with her. Was it the clothes? It was the hatchet. Or was it? Her bloody clothes. Oh. We'll never know. We she won't moved know. away right after the trial into Canada. And so she's never never been, heard from again. Never heard from again. Lizzie would have only had 30 minutes from Andrew's murder to when the police arrived. So when they notified frame. the police to when the police got there. 30 minutes. But maybe she didn't alert the police until right after away. she had cleaned up. Also something suspicious. So like I had said, Andrew was a super cheap, super frugal. So he had some things in his possession that he just, like, took really good care of, loved, all this stuff. One of the things was, like, his overcoat. It was, like, a really nice, like, fur overcoat jacket that he, like, loved. Okay. So he'd been wearing it that day. In the crime scene photos, it was, like, scrunched up and put underneath his head like a pillow. And people are saying, like, he never would have done, done that. that. He never would have done that to this jacket. So did Lizzie put that on backwards, like a robe... Kill her father so it was filled with blood and then just shove it underneath his head because it would have been bleeding. So, like, no one would have noticed. Is that... One Could theory. she have done that? Right. Hmm. Interesting. It's also known... Um, oh, it's keen to know that once the trial was over, the girls moved from their home to the elite residential district and started leaving, living a very mm-hmm. lavish lifestyle. High on the hog. Going to New York City, getting a car and a driver... What are some of the other theories? What are they? First one. Do you like how it's bold? Yeah. So Lizzie Borden was a lesbian. Lesbian, Blanche. she murdered her parents because they discovered her secret. Mm -hmm. This is unsubstantiated. However, the theory lies entirely on stereotypes and innuendos, but here's the main facts from it. She was never married, which, like, back in the day that is pretty wild, especially because they were so wealthy, you would think that someone would want to... Like the man would be fawning them. over yeah, her. exactly. Yeah. If she had any suitors, they're male or female, no one knew about them. The rumor is that she had a torrid affair with the maid, Bridget. Oh. Uh, and that's why the 
they think that her father discovered them one day. And oh. she snapped. Was the maid hot? I don't even know. Let's look it I'm up. looking her up. Okay. Also, after she, um, her parents died, Lizzie was constantly going to New York City and she was captivated by an internationally acclaimed actress named Nance O'Neill. And O'Neill was a tall, deep-voiced woman who remained single well into her 40s. Wink, wink. Oh, boy. So it was presumed that O'Neill um, was gay and that her and Lizzie may have had a relationship. Uh. Lizzie's sister, Emma, disapproved of Lizzie's association with O'Neill and moved out of Lizzie's house shortly after the last of Lizzie's theater cast galas that she used to throw. I mean, I wouldn't say that she's ugly for, like... That's Lizzie Borden. Oh. Oh, she's uglier than Lizzie Borden. She kind of looks like a man. I, they look. Lizzie like Borden isn't that ugly. Other. I'm pretty sure that's her. Yeah, that is yeah. her. She's no Christina Ricci. Uh, I mean, I don't think Christina Ricci's like, she's not like drop dead gorgeous. I think, I think that's so a good great. casting. Uh, <laughs> I wish you could see her face right now. <laughs> Sam's obsessed with Christina Ricci I for am. some reason. Because you ever see the movie now and then? No. Oh my God, it's so good. So another significant suspect is John Morse, Lizzie's Who's maternal uncle. Okay. Who really met with the family after his sister died, but had slept in the house the night of the murder. So the brother-in-law that was there. Oh. According to law enforcement, Morse had provided an absurdly perfect and over-detailed alibi for the death of Abby Borden. That's, but he was, like, considered a suspect by police, but then he was let go because he was found to have alibis. So, I don't know. Another noted a potential suspect of the crime was Bridget Sullivan. Possibly the in... Maid. Right. They think it was possibly in retaliation for being ordered to clean windows on a hot day. Okay, come on. I mean, I could see myself doing that. <laughs> well, the stepmother was upstairs cleaning. She was doing half her job anyways, right? so... I know. Why I would she be day, angry? I guess the day of the murders was unusually hot, and at the time she was still recovering from the from a mystery illness that had struck the household. Another possibility was that William Borden, suspected Who? to be Andrew's illegitimate son, <gasps> was noted as a possible suspect by writer Arnold Brown, who was surmised in his book, Lizzie Borden, The Legend, The Truth, and The Final Chapter, that William had tried and failed to extort money from his father. Oh, good one. But another author who had done extensive research on William Borden was able to prove he was not Andrew Borden's son. Oh. Although Lame. Emma... Lizzie's sister, who had an alibi in Fairhaven, it was proposed in a 1984 book that Lizzie might have secretly visited the residence, or that um, Emma had secretly visited the residence to kill her parents before returning to Fairhaven to receive the telegram informing her of the murders. But that's unsubstantiated, too. Like, I don't think that's accurate. I think that Lizzie killed her parents for the money. You do? Do you think she was a so, lesbian? I think she's a lesbian. Want to know another reason why I thought maybe she was a lesbian? This is super hypocritical of me. What's that? She was going to find fishing lures. <laughs> because she was going fishing. She was going on. I know when you said that earlier, I knew that was going to come back up. <laughs> Just because she likes to fish doesn't mean she's a lesbian, Sam. Also, like, ugh, fishing. But I guess... My thing is, is like if you're th- if you're 42. So Lizzie's older sister was 42. She was 32. So that's a big age gap. Yeah. Like back in the Victorian era, it was 10 years. I just yeah. found that. But anyways, why are they still living at home? I guess because like, that's what you, yeah, did. what you did. You did. You lived at home until you got married. Yeah. 
If you don't get married, just live at home. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, maybe it was a combination of the two. Do you think both sisters were gay? Uh, I don't know enough about the older sister. Yeah. She, but it, in the Netflix, they definitely make don't don't make it out that she's gay. She actually has a boyfriend. Oh, really? In the show. Okay. And I think they say that she's actually younger. I don't think. Oh, that, really? Yeah. If I remember so correctly. So many lies. I haven't watched it in a while. I don't um, know. I could see. It was good. Though. I could see the theory that she was gay. Yeah. And possibly with the maid. It That one probably makes the most sense Salacious. of why she would, of why and, she would like snap and kill someone. Yeah. And then the maid disappears. Right. Because I think that the, the, like having that much passion, like a murder passion. Yeah. yeah Whereas yeah. like, I don't think she planned it. I don't think you plan to stab someone 30 with an times axe. with yeah, an yeah. axe for In the head. money. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. This one's kind of wild. Yeah. I think she would have poisoned him or something. If right. She, or shot yeah. him. Something quicker. This was definitely angry. Right. And she got away with it. Yeah. Well, good for her. I think she definitely killed them. Me too. Yeah. 100%. Me too. I, because, I mean, nobody else really had the opportunity. Okay. That's what the prosecution said. Didn't work in their favor. Well, I mean, reasonable doubt. They proved yeah, it. Yes, true. All right, guys, what do you think? Do you think Lizzie killed her parents? Do you think it was an outside intruder? Did you watch any of the TV shows? Why do you think she killed them? Do you think she was gay? Yes. A gay icon. Yes, she is. Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden. <laughs> All right, guys, you can find um, us on Instagram at It Just Makes Sense Podcast. You can also join our Facebook discussion group. Please um, do. Please do. Get it going. And you can find me at www.salmonthebuff on Instagram. You can find me at Jeff Seif with one F. Happy birthday, Mom. <gasps> oh, Mom, happy birthday. Uh, and join us next week. Who knows what we're going to cover? Who knows I what hijinks we'll get in into. Dark. All right, everyone. Bye. Bye.